Season's greetings. Hello and welcome to the Victory Bell, the podcast. I am your host, Paul Oren, the founder and editor of thevictorybell.com, and you are tuned into a podcast dedicated to Valparaiso University Athletics. Thrilled to have you here for this episode. We've got Jason Hawkins, the head coach of Trinity Christian College, joining the pod in a little bit to talk about playing the Beacons last week. Uh, Coming back to his alma mater, Jason Hawkins played at Valpo from 1999 to 2003. He was a director of basketball operations. He was an assistant coach. He's done a little bit of everything. He's coached at the high school level, the college level, the prep level, and he's going to take us through that entire journey. Thrilled to have you again listening to the podcast. Please, if you if you can, hop on Apple Pods, leave a leave a review. You know, rate, rate us wherever you listen to your podcast. It, 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 it will mean a lot to me. Um, go on thevictorybell.com, favorite some articles, leave some comments if you want to, if you're a paid subscriber. This is a reminder that $5 a month or $49.99 for the entire year will get you access to everything on thevictorybell.com. All of the stories that I've done, game coverage, you get the full archive of the site, and you're going to want to be a subscriber. You're going to want to be a paid subscriber, and I'll tell you more about that here in a couple minutes as to what opportunities are available. So Valpo, I'm in the interest of full disclosure, recording this right around 3 o'clock on Friday, December 9th, the women's basketball team looking to put an end to their five-game losing streak. They are at Western Illinois tonight, Friday night, and then on Saturday afternoon, the men's basketball team will be taking on Ole Miss in a, I guess you can say, rematch of a game that happened 24 years ago when Valpo played Ole Miss in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, this shot is in lore. It's it's what led me to Valpo. Bryce Drew hitting the three-pointer against Ole Miss after Ansu Cisse missed some free throws. Valpo running pacer. I put a Twitter poll up today. Should Valpo run pacer on the first play, the last play, or every play? Obviously, you people are crazy on Twitter and you voted every play, but look, I put it up as an option, so there it is. Uh, Should be interesting to see how the SEC Network handles this broadcast. Do they show the shot immediately? Do they show it at the first media timeout? How often do they talk about it? It'll be pretty nauseating, yet it'll be a good look back. You know, it's interesting to think about the evolution of this when the shot first happened, obviously it was a huge thing for Valpo. And then like 10 years in, you know, 15 years in, it's kind of like, okay, do you have to show that every time Valpo was on TV, they'd show the highlight. And it was like, like they were the first people to ever show the highlight. And it just got kind of annoying after a while. Now, as I look back on it, I think, oh, you know what? Well, it's a pretty good moment. It led to change my life. So, uh, you know, we'll see. How, how much they take a look at it uh, tomorrow during the SEC Network broadcast of Valpo at Ole Miss. I wanted to get down there for the game. I uh, really, really thought that I might have a chance to get down there, but it's just a lot going on here. Hosting uh, Christmas at my house in a couple weeks, and this is really the first weekend I've had off uh, technically in a long time, so be some deep cleaning around the house and, and trying, to, trying to get ready for the holiday stretch. Speaking of the holidays, before we get to Jason Hawkins, let me tell you here, you're going to want to be subscribed. You're going to want to get on the victorybell.com. Beginning, well, on Monday is when I'm really going to officially announce this on the site, but you're hearing about it today because, you know, thank you for listening to the podcast. The 12 Days of Victory Bell giveaway is going to launch next week. 
I'll announce the details in full at some point on Monday. But starting on Wednesday, you know, we're really looking starting on Wednesday, December 14th. And every day for the 12 days following, we'll have some giveaways on the victorybell.com. We have got a lot of different fun prizes that we're giving away here. I've got some autographed merchandise. I've got some bobbleheads and some replica stuff. I've got some clothing. I've got a lot of stuff, right? And so every day from the 14th to the 25th, we're going to draw a name. And they're going to be, it's going to be staggered the way that things happen, right? If you are a founding member of the site, and this was a possibility that we had, and it's still there today, if you are a founding member and you and you donated $100 to the Victory Bell, you're going to be eligible for uh, your own drawing. Yearly members that have done $49.99, they're going to be eligible for a drawing. Monthly members that do $5 a month, they're going to be eligible for a drawing. If you purchase gift subscriptions during the month of December, uh, really any time during the 12 days, you're going to be eligible for it. Uh, and some other things too, right? Um, I'm still putting it all of it together right now, but we this is gonna this is gonna launch the the, the details are gonna come out on the 12th, and then on the 14th we're gonna start the giveaways. So the 12 days of Victory Bell giveaways are coming. I'm very excited. Uh, I, I, there's some really fun stuff here that really some of the stuffs from my personal collection. Some of the stuff is just stuff that I've tried to track down over the last couple of days and weeks. And uh, look, it's my I want to give back to the people that have, have subscribed, that have paid attention, that have been here. It's been a fun 10 months. I can't wait for another 10 years. It's going to be great. The Victory Bell has been a blast. And I want to reward people who have been rewarding me by by subscribing, by being a part of this journey. So next week, the 12 days of Victory Bell giveaways are coming. Get ready for it. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're paying attention to everything that's coming. Open your emails when you get them in the email inbox. It's going to be great. All right. I want to shift over to Jason Hawkins right now. Jay Hawk and I go back a long way. I talk about it here on the podcast a little bit. Uh, always a good guy. Love seeing him. I've covered his high school teams. I've covered his college teams. I've covered him. Uh, I've, I've been a friend. We've we've enjoyed classes together. It's been great. So always fun to see him come back to the Ark. And he'll talk a little bit about his journey coming back to the Ark and what that meant for him. So Thank you all. I'll see you next week. We'll break down a little bit of everything of where Valpo's at and a lot of the different sports, football. Um, we'll take a look at the basketball teams, take a look at a couple other things that are going on as well. Uh, you got two games coming up this weekend and then a, kind of a lull because of finals. So we'll try to get some content out there. And the 12 days of Victory Bell giveaways are coming. Get ready. Here's Jason Hawkins. Awesome to have Jason Hawkins on the podcast right now. Jay Hawk and I go back a long way. We were both uh, students at the same time, both traveling with the basketball team. Sometimes Jayhawk got into games. I never did. Uh, it was always fun watching you and, and John Kajowski. Uh, I, I felt close to you guys uh, from that perspective. Thanks for joining the Victory Bell, the podcast. How are you? I'm great, Paul. I'm super excited to be here on the Victory Bell. I'm glad you have the Victory Bell. It's great for Valpo. It's fun, man. I, You know, I want to start in reverse. Look, you just played Valpo a couple days ago, brought your team, Trinity Christian, and you guys have played a lot. What's that experience like, first of all, walking back into the arc? I know you've done it a handful of times, but walking back into the arc as a member of the opposition. It's the only time I ever cheer against Valpo. Uh, the only time I ever cheer against Valpo is when we're playing against them. But it's such a nostalgic moment. I mean, just walking back and all the fond memories of 
practices and games, just hanging out with my teammates and friends. And when I, when I walked in the other day, it was like, wow, it was, it was, it was just like home though. It's like, you never left. Like that is a feel that you never left. And just a nostalgic feeling of like, this is where I'm supposed to be. It's home. And, 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 it's, and Valpo has an effect, I think on a lot of our alumni because it's home. It's, it's such a, it's a great place. You were, you were in it there. The first five minutes of that game, you know, you, you had, you had Valpo breaking a sweat pretty early and yeah. uh, just what's your approach to games like this. When you talk to your guys, when you're, you're going to be heavily underdogs playing against a division one team to a degree, but I probably, you probably don't look at it that way, right? No, you don't look at it that way. You look at it as another game. Obviously it's a good experience when a, when a smaller school in any high school gets the opportunity to play a division one school, but you prepare for that game just like you would any other game. Uh, you prepare for them to like any other game. So it's you. We don't look at oh, we're 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 the underdog. We look at it. Hey, this is a, this is a good opportunity and a great test for us to to see where we're at. It's a good measuring stick to see where we're at. So like, I, I it's it's great opportunity. But I think more importantly, it, it helps our guys know. Hey, this is where we're at as a team. You know, no matter what the score is. And one thing we tell our players: no matter what the score is, if we're up by twenty, down by twenty, our effort should never change. Nobody should know what the score is by watching us play because we're playing hard. We're giving our best effort no matter what. You played in a handful of these games when you were at Valpo, right? Goshen yeah. would come in, the, yeah. you know, other teams like that. Um, Luke Morrill hit a three-pointer at the end of the game. He's a walk-on for Valpo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When everyone got excited. What was that like when you would get into games as a player and knowing that your teammates were right there cheering you on? You know, like, it, and that's the special thing about Valpo. Like, it, it's it, – it, it's a family. It's a family. So no matter what, if you're if you're winning, when you get in a game, you know your teammates got your back. Uh, they have your back when you're not playing. You know, and that's what it's about. You know, that's that special camaraderie amongst team teammates. You know, it's it was always special. When, anytime you step on the floor uh, in, in a college basketball game, it, it's always a special moment. You hit a three pointer in your the final collegiate game that you played in. There were a couple more in your career, but against UMKC in the mid-con tournament, yes, you knocked down a three-pointer. What's that memory like for you? Obviously, you're. you're, I remember it. Yes, yeah, you're smiling. UMKC coach Scott Drew. uh, It was on uh, on the bench there, and it it was a great moment. And we moved on. The only thing that bad about that moment was that we didn't win the next get the game against IUPUI. And like for me, I think. And what I want to get to my players, it's not about like it was a great memory for me getting the game and making making it remembering that three. But the, the most important part is the memories that you bring as a team and how good your team does. Like we went to the NIT that year, uh, lost to Iowa by by three, I think. We had a layup to to, to, to well, we had opportunity to get a layup, uh, but we didn't finish then. Like those are the memories that you remember. Those are what's important. But the, the wins and the championships. I mean, every year I was there, we won a conference championship. I mean, that's what it's about. I mean, and I remember those moments you know, collectively as a team than I, I do uh, making that three. But obviously, I, I, I told you exactly, yeah, it was versus UMKC. I do remember it. But it, the collective memories as a team are even greater. All right, I want to go through your basketball journey a little bit and really a life journey. I, I'm so fascinated by this because I, I tried to write this out as best I could, going from website to website, trying to figure <laughs> out your journey. First of all, I want to start with a kind of Homer Drew's favorite story about you that he would always tell is that you were a manager of a McDonald's when you were a student athlete. That is, is that, correct. Is that true? <laughs> that is, is very true. There used to be a McDonald's on Lincoln Way in Valparaiso. And I remember my freshman year, I started going there a lot. Uh, and I was like, man, I'm wasting so much money. And so me and my, my college roommate, Sam Peterson, uh, <laughs> we got jobs at McDonald's. Sam lasted two days. 
Uh, and then I worked there in the summer and then like, I, I was quickly promoted as a manager and I was, I worked as a manager when I played. And I remember my teammates uh, after, after practice, sometimes I would close the McDonald's. I, I'd work like seven to midnight or whenever the hours they closed and I would close the McDonald's and my teammates would always come there and I probably gave away more free food than I, than I should have. But yes, I definitely was a manager at McDonald's. Great place. Well, that, that McDonald's went out of business, and I think well, we know why. Now, now we know why. <laughs> a lot of Valpo basketball players ate there. So you played at, at Valpo. You were from Bishop Knoll. Uh, you, you went to Bishop Knoll, and you played at Valpo from 1999 to 2003. And then it was a weird time because your first three years, Homer is the head coach. Your last year, Scott is the head coach. And then your first year out, right, you become yep. the director of basketball operations, but yep. Scott has left to yeah. go to Baylor what was like what was that like to live through that and then be like was your was your position in flux did you get hired after Homer well, came so back? the funny the funny thing about all that is I never thought I was going to get into coaching like that was not my thing I was planned to go to law school uh I planned to do that and my college roommate he became a lawyer I planned to go to law school and then I actually I don't know if Falco still has the program. It was called the LEAPS program, the Leader yep. Education Alliance for Parochial Schools. But anyway, all that stuff happened. I was, I got in the, I was teaching in Chicago, actually, at Luther South High School. It's not there anymore in 87 Kelly on the South Side. Uh, and I was working on my master's degree at Falco. And then all that, the Baylor fiasco happened. And Scott left with Baylor, Homer, Homer came out of retirement. And then, um, Coach Drew asked me to come back, and I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. I'm teaching here, but then I it worked out well that I was able to come back. Uh, and I think it was like September when I came back, and uh, the rest is history. And got into coaching. I'm super excited that that I that I was given that opportunity. Got into coaching. If you had a letter jacket with every letter of every coach school that you coached at, you, it would it would have to be up down both sleeves, all of that. Yeah. So, okay, so you go from director of basketball ops at yeah. in 03-04 to the Cal College St. Joseph job, head coaching job in 2004. Yeah. You spent a couple of years there. You've got to be one of the youngest coaches in at any level of college basketball at that point, at right? The time, I, at the time, I was the youngest college coach in the country. I was 23 years old. I had players on my Calumet College team that were older than I was. Uh, but I had a great assistant coaching staff, Chris Artis, former Valpo guy. We was one of my assistants, and which was awesome. We had a great time uh, together at Calumet College. And then I went right back to Valpo after two years uh, and was an assistant under Coach Homer Drew and Bryce. We were assistant coaches together, which was awesome and fun. And Coach Gore was the other assistant who's still there now as associate head coach. It was a great time. I mean, what's that like being 23, getting in the huddle and and trying to figure out I mean, is this going to work? You know, like I got guys that are older than me, guys that are taller than me, bigger than me, all of that. What's that like? You know, the, the biggest thing is is the, the most important part about that is I had great mentors. Like Homer Drew was one of the best, uh, one of the best college coaches in the College Basketball Hall of Fame, and he was a great mentor to me, still is. And I always ask coach questions and like, what should I do? What do you What are your thoughts on this? And one of the biggest things I had good assistant coaches around me. All my assistant coaches at that time were, were older than I was. Chris Artis was about six, six, seven years older than I was. I had a couple other older gentlemen that were on my staff. And I think that helped uh, when I was such a young coach, uh, having other people that had more experience than I was. Uh, but it, it was a little nervous at times. But at, at, when you're young, you're, you're, you're dumb and you think you know everything. So uh, it, it, was, it was exciting to, to be in those huddles when I was a, as a young coach. 
shifting to, I mean, I, I imagine you did a little bit of recruiting when you were at Cal College, obviously, to yeah, fill your sure. roster. Then you go to Valpo, back to Valpo. What was that? What was the decision like to go from being a head coach to an assistant coach? At a well, it was, it was getting back into the Division One level, which is, is, is the top level in college basketball. Uh, so that was exciting. And then to learn some more, uh, that was a, that was a great experience. Um getting coming back you know to get more opportunity and to coach with Bryce uh, 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 who's a good friend so that was that was fun to do and to learn more under coach Drew I I don't remember this now and I should but but did you were you heavily involved in the recruiting of any of the guys that ended up coming to Valpo what's that experience like to oh. go home or any of that and and close the deal on a recruit yeah, I mean, it's like what here's a funny, it's not funny story, but like I, I, irony, like I, I was at Valpo for only a year after that. But one of the, the student athletes that I recruited uh, that, that I helped recruit was Eric Bugs. He was a good player for, for Valpo and he, he was the starting point guard on one of those uh, NCAA tournament teams. And I, I texted him all day yesterday. He said, I can't believe it's been 10 years. <laughs> I talk to him all the time. Like, you know, I, I, I talk to him all the time. It's just that, and that goes back to the brotherhood of Valparaiso players. So, you know, you help recruit players there and it's just, it's a brotherhood of, of, of players. And I talked to one player that I helped recruit and I still talk to him to this day. Um, and that's, gosh, that's almost 15 years ago. Yeah, no, we're going we're gonna to feel old here. Um, so you spent a year there and then I think you moved over to Marquette Catholic, Marquette Catholic High School. You got yeah. a new administration. You were the head coach as well, yeah. right? Now, I, was, I was head coach. Yep. So, so what? Not now going from from NAIA, I think, to back yeah. to D one. Now to high school. What what was that decision like? A lot, lot, lot different. You know, when when you never coached high school, but it was a great learning experience. Um, with the athletic director, I just you know at Marquette at the time was a, a Valpo alum, Eric uh, Brower. Uh, yeah. Baseball yeah. there. So uh, that it was a great experience. Uh, met a lot of a lot of good people there at, at Marquette, uh, and and that was that was fun. It was fun to get coaching and Indiana high school basketball is 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 one of the best places to coach high school basketball. So to have that opportunity to coach Indiana high school basketball was great. And then you again you move yeah. back into college. You get to Elmhurst at this. Go point. to Elmhurst. Yeah, I went to Elmhurst. I went to Elmhurst for a year. Uh, a very good Division three. Elmhurst last year actually they lost in the national championship game. Very good Division three. I was assistant there for a year, and then after that was went to IU Northwest, uh, and was at IU Northwest for one, two, three years, and then got into the prep school at uh, Don Bosco Institute, where we had a lot of a lot of success with a lot of good players. I want to go back to your time at Marquette Catholic. Yeah. I remember this is a great story. I don't know if you remember this. Um, we talked on the phone like your first week of practice at Marquette Catholic, and you had this great and you had this great philosophy that I wish you would have coached me. You said, um, you said, you, apparently, you said to your team something like, "We're never going to talk about defense." in coaching. All I want to do is talk about offense. We want to run up and down the court. We want to score 90 a game. Uh, we're going to run offense. We're going to run offense. We're going to run offense. And then you paused and said, and in order to do that, we need to get the ball back. So we have to work on defense, which I just right. thought was a really fun way of, cause no one likes defense, right? right. We like to score. It, it, do, do you remember that? I remember that. I do remember that. Yeah. With that team, like, and that was, that was the philosophy. We're going to run, we're going to play fast. We're not going to talk defense, but we got to, we got to play defense to get the ball back. And that goes away to get the guys to, to play harder on defense, you know, because uh, defense, you know, as the old cliche saying, defense wins championships and to get the guys motivated to play defense because nobody wants to play defense. Well, very few people do. 
Yeah. Uh, most people do not want to play defense and to get them motivated to do it. Hey, well, let's get the ball back so we can score some more points. So guys play a little bit harder. Yeah. I, do I thought, I, I remember we were, I was actually, I, I still to this day, I remember I was walking across Valpo's campus going to a VU basketball practice and, and, and I think I was doing a story on you for the Northwest Indiana Times. And I remember you shared that philosophy with me. And I was like, this is golden. I just, I love this. Um, I want to ask about oh, Don Bosco a little bit, because uh, we're seeing these prep schools pop up a lot. La Lemire, Don Bosco, all of that. Oh, yeah. um, what what kind of opportunity do those schools offer for people making that bridge from high school to college? I think now nowadays you're going to see more of it um, because of, transfer portals and people are, you know, COVID years, colleges want an older, more mature player. So instead of getting a 18 year old high school freshman, you'll get a 19 year old prep school freshman, or you're going to get a transfer. Uh, but I think you're going to see a lot of the prep schools more in the future. Uh, I think it's, it's good for some kids, for some kids, uh, for them to develop if they need another year to develop. Uh, and then some kids, if you're ready right out of high school, it's, Go, go go to college right away. I mean, that's the goal to get a college scholarship. And that's the goal of the prep schools to help other students get college scholarships. So I think if, if you're able to reach your goal out of high school, or if you need to take another year to prep to get stronger and develop, uh, they're, they're good for that as well. You've been at Trinity Christian now for the last several years. What was, mm-hmm. what was dealing with COVID like as a head basketball coach? I mean, I, I imagine you had to worry about far more than just basketball x's and o's you know COVID. i think taught uh us if it released basketball coach at least for me uh to be patient and then it also taught mostly the need for like community uh when people had to, when players had to be in isolation when players you know hey you quarantine your team you, you realized how much people we need each other like we need each other and i think that was one of the biggest things it kind of taught us even with my team it was you know, we shut down, somebody get, get, got COVID and then we had a quarantine or somebody was around it and whatever. And then guys couldn't talk. And I think it just reminded us that we really need each other. Like I, I've, I've never seen players uh, like really, like, oh, I just want to, I just want to hang out with my teammate, but I can't because I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm quarantined and, and, and Zoom is, we're on a Zoom call right now became so important to, to be able to communicate because we really need each other. And like it, it, it never, it's made it more pre- prevalent and, uh, made it clear that we need community we need each other absolutely all right i want to ask uh want to ask a couple questions about about current times right so you've been a head coach really now for like the last 11 12 years mm-hmm. how much of a difference is it in that 12 inches from the chair to the left <laughs> to the head chair right when you go from being an assistant to the head coach how much of a jump is that and and how how different are the responsibilities it's it's a it's a big difference, and one of the main differences, as a as a head coach, as a head coach, you get all the, the credit most, a lot of times when things go well. I mean, it's all, usually your it's always your players, but then you get all the blame when things go wrong. And when you're at the that assistant chair, um, you, nobody 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 yells at the assistant coach. Nobody's mad about the assistant coach. I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, when I was assistant at Valpo. Um, <laughs> as assistant coach at Valpo, we played Marquette uh, University. 
uh, I think it was like Dominique James and Jarrell McNeil. It was at the arc. I don't know if you remember this. Oh, I remember was Dominique close... James scoring 18 straight points to yeah. end the game for Marquette. And he, they had a game winner. He had a game winning three at the top of the key. Yes, he did. I could I visualize it in my brain right now. Well, I remember in our huddle, this is a true story, and I, and I love Coach Drew for this. I remember he, he, he told us he, he wanted a certain player on the top of the key. Uh, it's that run, we were running a zone, and 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 I remember I think Bryce and I were like, no, we, coach, we should have. I think it was Jarrett Lloyd. We were like, Jarrett knows the spot, and Coach Drew was like, no, Sean Huff should be up, up top, you know. And we he, he went with our I, I suggestion with Jarrett Lloyd up there. Donnie James hits a three at the top of the key, and Homer turns to me afterwards like, that's why Sean Huff should have been up there. He's six foot five. He would have been able to to, to deflect it, but. Coach Drew had to take the blood, you know, it's his responsibility. Yes, you listen to your assistant coaches and, you know, it may hurt, cause a game, or, but the head coach at the end gets all the credit or all the blame. You know, and I, I remember that story. And, like, even as a, as a head coach now, my assistants may tell me something, like, if they're right, if they're wrong, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, when I say it doesn't matter, it matters. But, like, the head coach, they're the one who people are going to say, good job, or that was a horrible job. <laughs> so it's a lot more pressure. Uh, but it's fun though. You want to be in that. You want to be in that position. Looking back at that uh, at that game, uh, Lazar Hayward, who got drafted to the NBA, scored with 8:50 left to uh, give Marquette a three point lead. Dominique James then scored two and a half minutes later for Marquette's next point, and he was the only guy who scored for the final 6:20 of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Jared Lloyd, although might have had a defensive thing there, he hit a three late to tie it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dominique James hit two threes in the final 40 seconds. Uh, my funny story on this is years later, I'm in Milwaukee. I'm at Potawatomi Casino playing poker. And I had a uh, had a jacket on, but I had a Valpo hoodie underneath, mm -hmm. like the jacket, because it was cold. It was like winter, whatever. And Dominique James ends up sitting down at my table. He's a poker, poker player. He's in Richmond, Indiana. He's sitting down at my table. And I rivered him in a, in a decent-sized pot. And I, uh, when I when they pushed me the pot, I unzipped my jacket. And I pulled over my jacket and said, that's for the game winner. And oh, that's awesome. Then we had a great, we had a great conversation. We had a, it was a really good conversation about that game and how important going to Valpo was for him in that game. Cause again, his family was able to come up and everything like that. It was a, that's a great, that's uh, a great memory. I love that story. Uh, speaking of a great story, kind of heard this one the other day from Matt Loddick in the post-game press conference about your guys relationship. Um, and he shared with us the final four story of uh of, uh, it kind of kind of take me through the uh the car ride home of of what happened there and it it, it yeah. clearly meant a lot to Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down in the final four with my wife and we're we're leaving. We drove down there and we were heading back and leaving the hotel and I see coach uh Lodic and I jokingly jokingly tell him hey He's like standing on the corner of the hotel and I just joke and say, Hey, you need a ride. And he says, yeah, I do. <laughs> and I laugh and I'm like, really? Are you kidding me? Uh, so he needed, I think coach, he had to get back. All the flights were canceled. And I think it was his daughter's birthday and he wanted to get back for her birthday. And so 
uh, Coach Lyon and I and his wife and my and my wife, we 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 drove. Gosh, I don't know how. I think it's like a fifteen hour drive. Yeah, I've, I've done it. It's like fifteen hours. About fifteen hours. We drove straight through the night. Uh, so it was a great time. We got to talk a lot about a lot of basketball. You can imagine on that car ride for fifteen hours of basketball. Uh, but it, it, it helped build our relationship too. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's a Valpo thing. I'm a Valpo guy. He's head coach at Valparaiso. It's great to, to have that relationship with the head coach there. Uh, but it, it was a good time. All right. I, 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 I want to end with maybe a little bit of X's and O's if I can, because it's very rare that I get a chance to have a coach on zoom or on the podcast here. That's yeah. had to game plan against Valpo. You obviously know a lot about basketball, right? Like what, what was your approach? You know, again, I don't want to give away all the the home secrets, and obviously, you you cheer, you're going to cheer for Valpo every game the rest of the year. But how did you approach that game, right? Like like looking at looking at a couple of their players, kind of like what what do they do well, and and maybe 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 you don't want to answer what did you attack, but but what stood out to you on film? You know, they're they're getting a lot of grief about different plays and stuff like that. They've had some some rough games this year, but what stood out to you that you think that they should kind of capitalize on moving forward? I mean, I think one, I think all of us may tell this, like they have one of the best post players in, in the conference. Like, I mean, he's a great player. He's a great player. I mean, when they get the ball to him, a lot of good things happen. Uh, I think that's one one positive that like that one, one building block. That, I mean, he's, I would say, I mean, we've played two, uh, my team, we've played two uh, Missouri Valley teams. Uh, we played Indiana State, we played UIC. Uh, that's just a small sample set, but from he's one of the best play, post players in their in their league. He's better than any post player that UIC or Indiana State has. So that's a, that's a building block for, for for Valpo. I think that's a super positive. Also, uh, the green uh, kid, I think number fourteen. He's he's a he's a good player. He's a real nice player, and I think they have they have some talent there. And, I, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do the rest of the way. Um, if, they, if they they play hard and play together, they 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 could be fun to watch. And what is the uh, what what's the season look like for you now? You've again you've played a handful of Division One teams. Yeah, you started out strong this year. Then you really gotten a lot of meat of the schedule here. Um, you've I know you've got a game coming up, Grace Christian. You got a couple of home games. You get to go to Tennessee. Just what yeah. what's uh, what's the the outlook for the Trolls this year? I, I am excited that, that uh, for the rest of our season. Like we've had a lot of injuries this year. We had a couple starters that that hadn't played. We got one back. Uh, Hudak, he, he played his in his second game. Dustin Hudak played in the second game uh, versus Falpo. Uh, but getting healthy, and we've had it, it, illnesses. But now that we, we're moving forward, uh, it's ex- I'm excited to see what what, what the Trolls' uh, the outcome will be for the rest of the season. I think once we're healthy, we'll be very competitive and uh, uh, very, very, very fun to watch. What's that like? Uh, did you know Adam Hudak when we were in school? Oh, yeah. Adam, Adam was a kicker on the football team. Yes legendarily wear a uh, I think it was an Orlando Orlando Mare Dolphins jersey I think he was the only guy I knew that had a Dolphins like a, a kicker jersey um yes. what's uh what was that like to kind of recruit the son of a guy that you went to school so, with? ironically so I, I've known Adam for since I was in college and then his son I've known Dustin too for a long time as well so and as we talked about my journey when I was the head coach at Don Bosco, uh, that was a part-time job. My full-time job was the I was the athletic director at Lake Station High School. Right. And, yeah. And Adam was the head football coach. So I I've known Dustin since I, I was taller than him. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> All right, Jayhawk, thank you so much, man. We can't wait to uh, to follow Trinity Christian this year and always love when you come back to the Ark. Sounds good. Go Beacons, go Trolls. <laughs> <laughs>